On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we sift through the debris of the Ryder Cup and a chastening weekend for Europe. We talk what went wrong, what happens next, we take our hats off to the US team, plus I made a big mistake. This is A Slice of Golf, hosted by me, Tim Williams. Myself, Chris Wright. And Ben Fowler is still on holiday. Right then, welcome along. It's another episode of A Slice of Golf and, ah, I mean, that just didn't go as we wanted it to, did it? At all. Um, We are going to be talking, we're just going to do a digest of the Ryder Cup this week. Uh, It's still just myself and Chris because Ben is still out sunning himself in Portugal. Uh, We'll talk about him a little bit later on. But uh, So just just me and Chris today. Chris, how are you doing? Are you feeling as... uh, I don't know, as as beaten up as me this morning? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was a... Um, how do I... Yeah, it was... The excitement levels were always there. You know, Friday was amped. Saturday still amped, but a little bit like, oh God, okay, where's this going? And then by Sunday, you know, when you're like, oh, I've just... I feel like I've had more beers than I've actually had... I feel like I've had less sleep than I actually have, all, and it's just because you're like, oh, I'm not, my my excitement is is wavering here, and I'm just not getting not getting the vibes. Do you know what I mean? I I know what you mean. So yeah, so the biggest margin of victory since 1979, Europe's heaviest ever Ryder Cup defeat. Um, before, wait, yeah, wait, wait. So- before, before we get into the stats, I feel like we need to let the the audience know. The, yeah. the small, tiny mess up that you yeah. made this weekend, um, yeah. and also how that no one, none of us knew that this was going on, that this was happening. So, fill us in. You watched because I, I was like, I was sat at my desk on Friday, and you know, probably about an hour before the actual golf started, I was, I, I actually loaded up. I had my my son who is nearly two, his his like tablet thing and had sky go on the go and i basically did not do any work all afternoon like i'm sure a lot of people who were who were watching the golf on friday watched all of friday you also watched all of friday and then just tell us what tell us what happened and how you kept this so quiet so that none of us knew about this so it's quite a long story but (laughs) i'm just gonna just hear me out so this story actually starts about two years ago Believe it or not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Podcast listeners have just tuned out immediately. They're like, I'm not listening to your story. Now, what, this, this starts from an ill-advised purchase I made at a charity auction night um, a couple of years ago. Um, it was a working event. I believe all the proceeds were to... Uh, it was either Spark or Mind or Great Ormond Street. So great, 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 great causes. And I was having a really nice night. Um, I'd had dinner, I'd had some wine, I'd been looked after very, very nicely. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'm gonna put a token bid on something that I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be outbid on. So all the all the kind of things came out, all the, all the various lots, and I put a token bid in for a glamping weekend. And I thought, <laughs> oh, you know, glamping weekend, I'm pretty sure someone will outbid me for that. So, you know, no real problems there. Taxi on the way home. You have won lot number whatever it is, and I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> okay. I mean, probably more than I would ever want to pay to go. What is essentially camping, but um, you know, all to a good cause. Um, 
So that was obviously all a bit of a joke at the time. And then obviously COVID and the last 18 months have happened. So I, I booked it sort of once, then got put back, then booked it again, got put back. Um, so I think it was about five months ago. I just thought, you know what, let's just get this thing booked. Have a nice weekend away. Um, you know, weekend of hiking, kind of cooking food on a barbecue outside this kind of like small hut out on the, the Shropshire countryside. You know, it, it was pretty cool to be fair. You know, you have your, a miniature hut with all your, like a fridge in there, you have like a double bed in there, kettle, um, like a chimney, a barbecue. So it was a really, really good setup. And then about three weeks ago, I looked at the calendar and looked at the dates. I was like, right, okay, that weekend. Oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> um, and realized, okay, so I'm booked in for this weekend, all of Saturday, all of Sunday. Um, I was going away with the good lady. So um, yeah, basically long story short, I didn't get to watch any of Saturday's and Sunday's coverage live whatsoever. <laughs> now, at, before the weekend, this looked like the biggest um, zero on planning for me ever. But actually, as it turned out, with the way that the weekend panned out for Europe, it actually turned into a bit of a masterstroke because I, I, I wasn't witness to the, uh, well, the absolute demolition job that the uh, the United States team did on us. Um, but obviously, you know, since, since I got back, caught up on pretty much everything. I was still kind of, you know, checking phone throughout the weekend, following the score, watching the, you know, the roundup and the best shots and whatnot. So I saw coverage, but I didn't watch any of it live. So no, um, fair. it was only, it was the, I, I did think to myself, I was like, Tim is being unusually quiet. Like you were, you were still piping in with the odd message here and there. So I was like, okay, he must, he must still be fully like somewhat aware of what's going on. He's alive. He's alive. Yeah. He's alive. And then obviously Fowlis was chatting away from Portugal and, uh, and you know, we were just going back and forth, etc. And then even, I think it was on Sunday, you, you posted a story on Instagram with like a lovely bottle of red next to a log fire. And I was like, that looks lovely. I even gave it like the heart eyes emoji. Yeah. Even then I didn't even click. I just thought, oh, maybe just popped to the pub for a lovely little glass of wine. I did not even click until you then went, yeah, I'm actually glamping. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> what has happened? What is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been glamping? You're like all weekend. I was like, I did not realize this. This is hilarious. So... Uh, well done on keeping that. I feel like you could have turned up today, and me and Ben would never have known. Like if you if you had not actually told us yesterday, I would have not have had a clue. So well done. Yeah, and, I, I, and as you said, in hindsight, probably a good weekend to probably a good probably weekend best to to in golf wise. So yeah, yeah. Now now you can go in with the whole stats stuff. Yeah, you go. So you do let, thing. Yeah, let's let's let's. Let's rip into it. So as I say, biggest margin of victory in the, in the competition since 1979. Europe's heaviest ever Ryder Cup defeat. Now, a few other things. Every US player contributed at least one point mm. to the total. Three Europeans failed to register a point. Um, this, this last one will just really sum it up. So John Rahm and Sergio, between them, contributed 72% of Europe's points this yeah. weekend. <laughs> Yeah. DJ, who was conversely the US, the, he was their top point scorer um, and won every match he was in. He contributed 26%, 26% of the US team points. Yeah. So that just gives you a measure of... Um, he, won, he won five. He was in all five matches, wasn't he? He won five. He won five. everything. He won every match he was in. Oh, unbelievable. So, yeah, obviously uh, a very chastening weekend for the European team. But at the same time, look, I think every... 
everyone watching that in Europe would would just take would just take the hat off and say, you know what, it, nothing you, you nothing you could have done. You could have all been on your form. Nothing you could have done. That that US team that this weekend was not getting beaten. And you know what? Fair play to them. They turned up. Um, their golf was unbelievable. You know some of the some of the shots that were played. You know you can think of um, Spieth's essentially vertical shots Shots out of the the rough. Um, You can think of Bryson's audacious tee shot, um, which just took took on took on the lake and won. Um, What else can you think of? You've got uh, you've got is it JT's kind of deliberate hook pull over the lake back onto the green. I mean, you could go on and on and on. There was just a ridiculous amount of uh, ridiculous golf going on. And that's even before we get to talk about sort of, you know, Xander, who's, who, with, with the way he celebrated, is probably now my favourite golfer on the planet because <laughs> I can kind of can say, say that, you know, to say the whole, the, the way the whole US team celebrate, like I'm, I've seen some people being like, oh, this isn't, this isn't like cool. This isn't the thing. I'm like, I'd have been hammered. Like if I'd have won, if yeah. I was part of the Europe team that won, I'd have been hammered. Like absolutely shit faced. And so I don't care. Like I'm, I'm all for it. Celebrate for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, you, you kind of want that, you know, the Ryder cup is the one, I suppose, standout event, which is a bit different to the rest of golf. And, Arguably the one time I know this prestige comes with it. Of course there is, but I think once the event is done, I think you can just. I, I, I'm saying as you, Chris. If I was on one of those teams, I would I would be cutting loose. Yeah, no, sure. no questions asked. I would be cutting loose. Yeah. Um, so I, I had no issue with that. Let's let's get the ugly stuff, and I mean the the stuff that actually did annoy me out of the way first. I thought long and hard about whether to bring this up, and I do think we need to bring it up. Let's let's just talk about the US fans for a, for a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I to be honest, I as I say, I didn't see Saturday or Sunday. Okay, so I can't say I can't say this is qualified. I feel from what I've seen, like the crowds on Saturday and Sunday were a bit sort of were and probably by virtue of the way that the match was going. In fairness, were a bit more respectful on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, on Friday, I'll end with you. I was getting pissed off at yeah. the American sports. What, what was it that was pissing um, you off? Uh, the booing. I'll end with yeah. you. I think the booing is it's just there is it just doesn't have a place. It's it's really really like unclassy. You know the first tee the first tee the first match for an event that's been knocked back twelve months because of a global pandemic and. The I'm not saying it was all of them, I'm not saying all of them, sure. but vast amounts of that US crowd booing European players onto the tee. Sorry, no, I'm not having that. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I I'm fully on I I'm fully on board with the not booing. It's it's the same. I hate it when you in football matches where people boo the national anthem. I'm like the opposition's national yeah. anthem. I'm just like it's rude. It's I just I hate it. Um. I get that the Ryder Cup is a different event to what golf is is a, is a, is normally about, and I think it's it's interesting. I'd love to hear, and I have there probably is a comment somewhere the European players feeling behind it because I'm trying to think about how I would feel about being booed from an opposition team on that first tee, and I, obviously I I can't I'll never be in a situation where I'm being booed by twenty thousand people or whatever it is not that many but thousand people around the first tee. 
But if anything, I think it. I don't know. We'll probably drive those players on to be like, right, watch me. Let's go have some fun and yeah, see yeah. what happens. But yeah, I just think the concept. You you don't have to clap for them. You don't have to cheer for no. them. You just don't have to boo either. Do you know what I mean? Like I just think that it was that, and then the other stuff that got me was screaming, "Get in the lake!" and yeah. get in the bunker. Yeah, I'm like, oh, again. I get it. I get that we're all like when I'm watching when you're nine three down or whatever we were down and you're watching the US players, I am thinking, please mess this up, please mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to shout it at them and I don't you never really wish someone to put the ball in the water and have a bad hole, but yeah, I that stuff was that stuff was really irritating. I didn't like that. Yeah. And I kind of I kind of would hope or I would think that, you know, if if it was that one person that was blaring out Get in, get in the water as soon as the, the European, whichever European player it was that teed off. I'd like to think that there was a couple of American fans around that one individual that would, I don't know, obviously nothing, I'm not, I'm not advocating any form of bodily harm, but I don't know, just like pour their drink over him or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, just punch them in the face, you know, just... I mean, yeah, that's I, just, that's just, I think, the, I think that's just the top end of just just knobheadness to me to me there's to me there's a big difference between um let's call it banter and just being rude and uh, i'm gonna use the i was gonna use the word abusive but that's not right but you know what i mean Mm. like having fun and banter with the opposition players is very different to booing them do you know what i mean like there's a big big difference and it it just it just comes across as unimaginative and uncreative. Yeah. Do you know what I, that's that's the main thing? I'm just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I actually wouldn't have a problem with them um, kind of cheering a ball that goes in the drink or sure. in a bunker. I actually don't have a problem with that. Yeah. at all, because that's that to, that is kind of where the I think that's probably where the line is. Yeah. I feel with the support actively shouting, get in the bunker as someone's tearing off. I'm not having it. I mean, you've had, you know, you've had events on the PGA, right, where fans have been thrown out for that. For sure. Like, I'm pretty sure it was either who was it? Was it JT that called it that called someone out for that, and they were thrown out. I, I think it was JT that yeah got someone thrown out for shouting that at him. So it's, um, it's the kind of thing that if if even if it was like me and you, like it was the other me and you versus Fowlis and Pops, and hmm. we're all square on the 18th. Uh, and I hit it out of bounds. I expect a bit of a cheer from you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like from the opposition, I expect that. Like, and I'd be, it's that kind of level of joking and fun. But yeah, I wouldn't be happy if you were like screaming, "Get out of bounds!" Yeah, I would. I would fully expect something back for sure. Um, maybe, maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe a three would wrap yeah. around <laughs> my head if I shouted that in someone's backswing. But, um, but to be honest, it, it, I would genuinely, you know, I, I'm couldn't be further from being an elite athlete and it would be very very interesting to get not even just like one of the guys in the teams like the actual Ryder Cup teams their thoughts and feelings around it but even just other sports as well because obviously like football has to deal with a lot of crap and you know whatever but it would just be interesting to hear what how they feel about it because I don't imagine coming to a Europe um event is I don't. I don't think. I don't think the European fans are like that. But hey, there's always going to be one, isn't there? Totally. I don't. You know, I'm not, what I'm not going to do is say, "Oh, I'm not going to 
completely say, oh, the European fans would never do that because I'm not going to speak on behalf of, you know, wider populations. But I feel that that's just that that microcosm of people that were there on on as I say, just the Friday when I saw it, just just don't do that. Just don't do that. There's um, two chance. Can I just move on from that? Because I'm. <laughs> I know where you're going. I'm going to move on from that. There's there's two chants that I know at least one of them. Ben would happily get rid of. He messaged us the other day moaning about it. Um, and I know not everyone likes the European. Let's call them more football-y chants, like the creative yeah. songs, etc. Yeah. Although I absolutely love that. I think that's a great time to be able to bring that vibe to to golf. Ben was absolutely adamant that. I believe that we will win. Chant is yeah. just the shittest song ever. I'm, I, I'm with him. I'm with him. I on don't that. disagree. That one. If you're an American fan, please come up with something better. Uh, I, <laughs> I would love to hear some great. Like I genuinely would love to hear some great songs. That one is some of the worst. And for me, just just shouting USA, just just is. See, see, I'm going to draw the line, and I think the USA thing's fine. Okay. Because. That's that's think, to be honest. That's going back towards the what you said about the European slightly footballish. Yeah, uh, but I just song. I just feel like it was just those two chants. Like, give me something else. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to hear USA every time. Give me something. Give me something else. Yeah. True. I think the 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 we will believe we believe that we will win. It's just well, obviously you do. Yeah. Hence supporting. <laughs> It's just a, just a nonsensical <laughs> chant. You're not going to step in a chant and go, we believe that we will lose. Yeah. Thumbs exactly. up. It's like, uh, yeah. And there's obviously, <laughs> you know, oh man, I'm not going to go. I was about to criticise it for the musical tone of it. But you know what? It's just, it's just a, it's just a rubbish song. So just, just, <laughs> just come up with something different. Um, I'm fairly certain there'll be a US podcast talking about how, crap the european sure. songs are for sure like we're, we're very different when it comes to the fan bases aren't we so yeah and, and a few people have been sort of at, not not particularly i think you, you touched on earlier about how the american players celebrations they're like oh you know it's not really the spirit of the competition no problem with it at all i have absolutely no problem with the americans celebrated the way they did look i mean ultimately let's let's not get around it they've not had a great recent history in the Ryder cup for sure. So to win it back, and if you're and if you're in a team that's just won nineteen nine, yeah, I'm going to be celebrating that because that is that is an absolute tonking, yep. right? Um, so that, I had no problem. It, it, it's verging on embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, on that on that theme, come on, let, let's go. So where where <laughs> this is this is kind of a big question. Where does Europe go from here? And maybe even more specifically, what, what does it mean for the European? tour right now because can, can i pause you because know, gave... can i pause you just before like i'm gonna because yeah, I, yeah. I, I knew this is where we're gonna go and i think we'll get dragged down a, a whole rabbit hole as we go here yeah i just want to do a shout out for lowry i thought he was yeah excellent he was he was passionate he played really really well he i'm just kind of, i'm trying what i'm trying to do here is i'm trying to bring out anything good <laughs> the limited level of the limited level of good i'm trying to find larry i thought was excellent i thought he played really really strong ram obviously incredible uh Sergio, most, points, most, most points ever contributed from a world number one i read today in a yeah, but three and a half and then you've got dj who's had five yeah, no he's not 
Well, yeah, I mean, there is sure, but you're, you're clutching at straws when that's your best stat. Isn't yeah, it? Do you know yeah. What I mean? Um, I mean, hey, look, it's, it was 99. I've got, I've got to clutch at straws. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, someone who people know that I love this guy, but genuinely, I think he played really well, Victor Hovland. Um, yeah. yeah. Every time he played, he was competitive. He was out there. Him and I think I read, I was so delighted that he, him and Morikawa all square on that final day. It just kind of, they both went pro at the same time. They're both the same, like it just all kind of fitted quite nicely. If they were playing better ball together, they'd have shot a 59. Like they were playing some excellent golf, really, really competitive. So that, that does excite me for the future. And then I get a bit stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what was your question? Well, so, let's go dive into your question. What was it? Sergio was great. Sergio was great. Yep. Yeah. Sergio's so iron play on day one was yeah. nuts. Par threes, I was just yeah. like, wow, put it any closer. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, so my question was, where does, where does the European tour go from here? Because you made a good point um, on, on sort of WhatsApp group that we were chatting about over the weekend, which is that the, the US system is just right now is perfectly designed going through from college, uh, through to the tour, uh, through to sort of, Corn Ferry through to the PGA Tour and it's just developing and progressing, um, you know, progressing more and more talent coming through. I mean, I mean, to be honest, if you read out what the US second team or reserve team could have been, it could have been Reed, Nah, Kisner, Zalatoris, Billy Horschel, Max Homer, Woodland. Uh, who else? Just Brian Harmon, like, Kokrak, Sam Webb, Matty Wolf. Tim, Tim, if I'm honest, I don't think we'd have been in that team. I really don't like I I look at that I look at their second string to their, literally their next 12 best players and I go they're strong enough to win I think if we played that second team it would be like a 15-13 either way it would Correct. be touch and go yeah, it wouldn't I, be so yeah yeah it, and that and that scares me I think yeah, I said I said it, in, and Ben also said it. The college system is great. They've always had the college system, so they've obviously tweaked something, right? They've obviously, I don't know what I, I have no insight into what the their system is. To be honest with you, but the players come out of college ready to play, ready to win, not even ready to play, ready to win. Like Colin Morikawa, Hovland, like even Matty Wolf. I know he's had a a tough um, second half of this year or whatever, and obviously wasn't in the Ryder Cup, but. He's he's got two win one two wins on tour. Like these guys are coming out of college ready to win. Zalatoris, I, I just can't believe he hasn't won. Do you know what I mean? Like he's come out and and, and come onto the scene and crushed it. Like you, I'm just looking at it, going, they have right now got so much talent and young talent. Uh, honestly, I'm worried for the next three Ryder Cups. Genuinely, mm-hmm. I mean that genuinely because I look at the top 250. And I'm going, where are the Europeans? Like, because even at, I can't remember where Patrick Harrington, but Patrick Harrington's still up at 160 or 170 or whatever. And I'm going, where's the youth? Like, where is the youth coming through? Like, I know we've got the Hoy Guards. They're not playing over on the PGA Tour. Do they need to go and play on the PGA Tour? That's the question. Like, genuinely, do, do we need to get, do we need to get kids going over and going through the US college system and I, I think that already happens but do we need to encourage it on a a greater scale I, I don't know like there's I've got several ideas I just don't want to go down a rabbit hole and just take off your yeah. the, the topic so I'll give you my 
I d- I'll give you my sort of key points and then you can dive into whichever ones you want to dive into. One, yeah. we have to figure out, and again, I don't know what this looks like now, but what is the youth system? What is the system to drive young players through and support them onto the tour, support them into that? Because clearly the Americans are doing that really, really well right now. Like basically giving someone four years coaching at university getting them a degree and daily coaching to become a better golfer etc and having access to the best facilities literally in the world i mean that's that's going to help right so for me i'm like what does that look like for the european players do you do what victor hovland has done go to the usa and play golf in america like like, all, all joking aside that's what his route is right he went to college in the states that is that what we need to do um is that the short term, <laughs> short term move? But even that's what—that's an eight-year play. That's not a, a two, four-year play. The the second thing is, it annoys me that the Americans have the President Cup and we don't. We don't play a rest of the world team. I think we should do that um, as an extra match play event. And also, we used something called the Sevi Cup, um, which is Great Britain and Ireland versus the rest of Europe. I would immediately reinstate that and us against the rest of the world a because i just want to play against cam smith etc i think that'd be freaking awesome uh but also it just gets people playing match play golf more and more i don't i don't know that more match play golf is necessarily the solution i genuinely look at i just look at the youth and the, or the lack of youth in our team and go where does it come from like where is where is the next where are the next six players going to come from because i ha- i genuinely don't know like we're looking at migliozzi we're looking at the hoy guards uh, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm waiting for the next European to come out of college in America somewhere. Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is the Monday after afterwards, right? So it's 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 easy to to kind of want to completely restructure everything. But I mean, to be honest, in this instance, this let's let's not kid ourselves. This was this was a hammering. Yeah, I've, um, yeah. But you know, it's it's an it's an interesting point on the kind of the, the rankings things because if you look at last time around, you weren't arguably in that completely a different situation last time around in terms of the the the, the rankings of the US team. I think the potentially the bigger issue we had this time around was, um, if we're being brutally honest, there are a lot of guys in the European team who are coming into this with zero form. Zero form. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I, I don't Pat disagree with that. Form. Westwood had no form. Fleetwood had no form. Poulter had no form. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you maybe alternate and go back, to, you know, go change up the the selection process to go a bit closer to the States? Because ultimately they had, they do six and six, don't they? They're yeah. six qualifiers and six picks. Um, but again, because but but I, I, I don't I agree. disagree with you. I think that's a good choice. But who do you take? I think you well, this is exactly so. Who I who mean, would you have taken different? Uh, Rose, I think, is that's the obvious. What, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Who do you, who who else is there that you could have taken? R- Rose is the obvious one. Like Rose, for me, he played obviously super well the week before, um, but but, but he's not exactly lit the world alight this year with his golf. No, yeah, agreed. And and then outside of that, genuinely, like I have, I don't, I don't know. Exactly. I, I, I don't know, and and I I think I said on the um I would have I still would have taken McIntyre, but again he isn't in the greatest of form going into this. But um I would have oh, I don't know, yeah I would have let him go because I think it, it was at that point of we we know we're gonna lose or we feel like there's a strong chance we might lose. 
do you let someone go and get into that environment and be like and have some practice at match play or is that is it is it going to do someone's confidence no good being hammered 19-9 yeah I, I, yeah I, I, I mean looking at that team look at the team that the that Europe put out this time around I mean I'm, I'm going down the list I can really if I'm being really really honest I can only picture at most five of those guys being around for the next one uh, at most I'm you're, saying, going, I'm looking you're basically at, I'm going looking, go on you go I'm basically saying next in the next year in the next team are Ram, Hovland, Rory, and then Hatton and Lowry. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, we, it, we've got two years, right? Fitzpatrick is always sort of there or thereabouts. Yeah. I said Bob McIntyre. I think will be there or thereabouts in a couple of years' time. Outside again, Tom, of that, Tommy Fleetwood's another one who just hasn't been on form, but he just has the potential. I think he could still be there. Yeah, but then like you then go down. I'm just looking at the world rankings. You like you. Oh, I didn't realize Migliozzi was 67th. Okay, so Migliozzi's improving and coming up. That's cool. And I honestly, think, you know, when you consider you consider you know in Rome next time as well. Yeah, you'd say that's a that's a fair old bet that he's going to be in and around. Yeah, I hope so. That would be great. And honestly, at the next one, it would be one of those situations, obviously depending on how everyone else is playing, where I'd be like, again, take a bit of a punt. We're fairly sure we're not going to win. So, but take six rookies, like take a whole bunch of rookies who are up there. And if, if, big if, there are actually players that deserve to be there. Don't just take a random six people from, you know, from wherever. But if they deserve, if they deserve a chance... Like take that. I do. I do wonder if this is going to be a bit of a a wake up a kind call. of a change, a changing of the guard. I hope I so. Think, is, is what this feels like because I think, and I'm not saying I want this to happen necessarily, but I think, you know, Westwood, Casey, Poulter, Sergio, Justin Rose. You're probably saying you're you're probably saying that's probably a lot i'm reckoning yeah i don't disagree i think they they would they would probably take a couple of them at the next one for pure experience um although but to be fair mcelroy will probably be the 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 experience um yeah i think i I, honestly i'm i'm excited to see how the likes of the hoy guards do the migliozis um I was I, I I hope Shane Lowry keeps playing great golf, like because he yeah. was he was I honestly think he was really good. I think he was a good pick. Um, just clearly loved it. Do you know what I mean? Like making putts and cheering. I just like to see that. Like it just it's just good to see. I mean, the thing that was great that's that's been tough to watch, but great to see is has been the amount of emotion that's come out of the European team. So they yeah. quite clearly the 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 passion. And the drive is absolutely not the problem because For sure. I, I I didn't think you'd see you know guys like Rory and um, Lowry essentially breaking down in tears. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't think you'd see that. So the really the really lovely thing as as we sift through the debris of this European weekend was uh, emotionally is never going to be a problem for 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 Team Europe. It's it's always going to be no. right up there. Um, I think I think Poulter at one point was kind of down, kind of on all haunches, being emotional on the 18th, which is which is awesome. Um, 
but I do think it's probably a changing of the guard time. And I think there, you know, we ourselves have been guilty of doing this right on this podcast, kind of going going off the past glories and saying, well, you have to pick this guy. You yeah. know, look at his record. Look at <laughs> he was there in Medina. And yeah. I think that was twelve years ago. Think, whatever it was. I think I think you're hitting the, you've hit the nail on the head. I think the the European mindset potentially has been to kind of ignore, not ignore, but form hasn't been everything. And past past glories and past influences and great performances in the past have been. Is that going to change? But it's difficult because, I, you know, it sounds like I'm having a conversation with myself. Because like, like, like last, last week or the week before, we criticised the US for going the other way and just taking the 12 best individuals and we said they would never they'd never match up as a team <laughs> well patrick reed wasn't there um yeah. which is an interesting point in itself but i mean even if he was there they, they would have smashed us like and patrick reed is he would have he would have played well and and done a job done a job i just yeah i, I it, it just keeps coming back to what's the plan now like again i know it's 24 hours after the the last shot was taken and then it's still raw. But even on Saturday night, I started looking at the world, the world, the world, like 200, 250. And I was just going, where is, where is our next team? Like what is it? Cause it's, it's an aging team. Right. And I'm just going, as you said, like the likes of Westwood, Porter, Casey, like you're going, okay, well, if they're gone, who's going to fill those voids? Like who's going to fill those gaps? It's a great point. And that we're saying, genuinely we're is hard, but and, and, I, and I was looking at that on Saturday, thinking we're in a bad place here. But I wasn't looking at it going. I, I wasn't. Well, I kind of was already looking ahead for two years, four years out. Because I'm just going. You look at the US team, and they're bringing in. Well, how old are the, the average age? Like DJ was the oldest at 36 or whatever. Mm. And you're looking at them just pumping out what two, three potential great players every year from the college system yeah. and i'm just going okay can we just make one of those three <laughs> a european, european player please can we just can we just make sure we've got at least one hovland coming out every year out of the u.s system that would be great thank you very much and and you know what it won't it wouldn't surprise me if more that happens more and more because what would be interesting honestly what would be interesting would be to find out what is the the actual youth structure of golf in in europe and how that looks i'm sure it's different in every country every golf union etc but what does that look like how do we progress from support players how do players come through like i know there's obviously surrey england matches at amateur but like it's i think it becomes a numbers game doesn't it like if you think every college in the state or not every college but most of the colleges in the states will have some form of golf team 30 of those colleges will have world-class facilities and coaching like every day and you're just pumping through x number of players it's just a numbers game compared to compared to the uk as an example definitely because the thing that i the other thing i thought about this weekend was whilst it was in the states and you'd argue look, that the home side is always going to get the benefit of being able to set the course up in the way that they want to set it up so there's always the temptation to say oh but you know next time in in Italy, it'll be a very European course. It'd be very different. Arguably, that's what there was a little bit of that behind 2018 in France. Yep. But you wouldn't necessarily have looked at this weekend and said, "Oh, 
that was a course just tailor-made for the Americans because ultimately, um, you know, I think what, what seemed to really let Europe down, certainly the first day, was, was putting. Um, so I think you're right. I think it's. I think you look at the the guys coming through, and you know what. There's always a chance that in in sport or anything, you know, these things always go a little bit cyclical. That there's always a bit for of sure. a kind of a hot streak for yeah. one of the sides. There's always a bit of a lull. For sure. Um, so there's always a chance that that's going to be. I, Tim, I don't mind a lull. I don't. I know, and I agree with you that that genuinely happens. I just don't yeah. want to be beaten nineteen nine. Yeah, nineteen nine hurts. Yeah, that that like I don't mind. No, that no, I'm going to rephrase this. Losing sucks. I don't. I don't like losing. But if you lose and it's, you know, fifteen, thirteen, or whatever, you're like, okay, that was an exciting. That was an exciting final day. Yesterday yeah. wasn't exciting for me to watch because I was just like, as soon as it went like, three matches were in the in USA's favour. I was like, oh, this is just a complete write off. Well, I mean, going back to six to 2016 at Hazel time. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Hazel time. Um, so I ended up. Sixteen, twelve, and I remember at the time thinking, "On like, I'm sure I remember thinking on the final day of that, like, mm, yeah, this kind of feels like it's it's heading towards the yeah. inevitable." And I mean, that was sixteen, twelve. We're yeah. talking about not ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, whether it's whether it's like a lull in in the European players remains to be seen. As I say, I mean, what what we can't get away from is I think. I don't think we were in a situation where form-wise they were in two similar places, the two teams. Great. I think you had the Americans coming in on, you know, there were guys having won majors, Olympics. Um, the I would say half of the European team coming in with very little form to speak of. So that there's always a chance that's going to happen. You know, flip it around. I mean, if you, interestingly, if you'd held this event, this is one of the questions I was going to ask, if you'd had held this event, let's say in, uh, I don't know, February, March, when, was it, or whenever it was that sort of, you know, Westwood was turning in big performances, Hatton was turning in big performances, Rory was kind of there, there or thereabouts, you know, it might have been different, but um, I do agree with you, there does seem to be this sense of there's a, there's a something of a American golf machine in order at the moment, which is just churning out, um, you know, talent and ridiculous players. Because I mean, you look at that US lineup; probably won't be any different in two years' time. Uh, and if it will be, it will only be a few, a couple of players, and it will be one of those, yeah. one of those ones. Like Zalatoris will probably bump his way in. But I mean, like Zalatoris could yeah. be someone if he keeps playing the way he's playing would be hard to ignore and he'll probably get in there like qualify order on merit do you know what i mean rather than even having to be a captain yeah. to pick. so yeah and then you go okay great well that's another one for the next 12 rider cups or whatever like do you know what i mean you kind of go the this is great for them but again yeah. and i come back to the college system has been there for ages like that's not new True. yeah it's not new it's so, not new so they've obviously done something something's obviously do, do, you know working and doing really good so and like you said things could just be cyclical unless unless it's like unless it's like that you and i hate to use this phrase because it goes overused all the time but if it's just a particular golden generation yeah. of us talent yeah. right now and I, um, well it is isn't it like, <laughs> like it's just a, a ton of great players like and you can't and they're, they're all players that each week on DraftKings we look at and go can i get them into my team Yep. I was literally exactly. like, I was like this. 
uh, yeah, I'd have him in my team. Yep, I'd have him in my team. Yep, I'd have him in my team. Like, just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to clutch at anything positive because <laughs> I was thinking as we go through this podcast. Other good things. Other good things. Is there anything we can kind of, we can give, is there any kind of hope we can give out? Rahm is still the best player in the world, without a doubt. He is still the best player in the world. Rahm, I, I just love watching him play. I think he's great. Very, very enjoyable. Um, I think he will continue to dominate over the next couple of years. I think he is just a very, 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 very good golfer. Um, I just want to see him keep winning. Um, I think I think this event would have hurt enough that Europe will go, I never want that to happen again. Yeah, exactly. And, that. and I, I don't I don't dis- I absolutely agree with you. Like it was a incredible American team coming in all like all twelve of them on form compared to not the most uh, highly ranked European team we've ever had and none of them on form. Like I do, it was two sides meet like it, it couldn't have been met for a European at the worst time in terms of form. Right. I do. I don't disagree with that. Totally. totally. And, and that is not necessarily a great thing, but next one's in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, I think it's very easy to say this. I, I can't, as, as strong as this American team is, I think you're exactly right. I think you, you were coming at it with two teams at opposite ends of the scale in terms of form coming into it. So I don't think you will see a gap of this nature again. Even without, even without changing anything, I don't think yeah. you'd see this again. I think it was just, it was just, at this, it was just one of those weekends where they were just a better team. Yeah, that heads, head, all heads up. They were better. They were the better team. If you have, as I say, if you have Rory Hatton, Westwood, Fleetwood, Poulter, bang on form. I don't think it's nineteen nine. No, I think and also. It's things like I was watching on Saturday, and I was like, Tony Finau has learned to putt this week. Like, can't yeah. putt ever. Now dropping twenty footers, and I'm just like, if Tony Finau is dropping putts like that, we've got no, like literally no chance. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was just like, if. Tony puts it, if he was putting like that in majors he'd win yeah exactly and you got like how many how how many times ever 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 in his career would you expect to see Rory in a match where he's five down through five yeah. <laughs> just just not like uh, oh yeah I, but I mean to be fair Ram and Garcia were, they were three down through three and then won the match didn't they yeah yeah that's impressive that, that, that for me is like, that's really strong like if I'm going, if I'm three down against you, Tim, I'm thinking, oh fuck, <laughs> where, where is this going? This is going to be a disaster. It's going to um, be a long old day. What other positive things can I? I don't know. I'm finding it hard to reach positive things right now, Tim. Like it's clearly, as you said, clearly it was. It's never a want. You know, never a matter of want and desire and passion with the European team. They all want it. They all want. They all went there with the intention of winning. With play. like, you, we get that. Like it's not. I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not whatever. Like I just, it, it just sucks. And I'm sure it sucks way more for them than it does for me. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, um, yeah. It can't get any worse. I don't think it can get God, any worse. Don't say that. <laughs> 20. I know I, have, I know. I know I have a tendency for saying things that then 
seem to come true later down the line. But I don't, as I say, I don't, I don't think you'll see another. I don't think you'll see another result like this in the next. Certainly not for the next few events. I don't but disagree. Then, I think. I think if I was any of the, if I was, if I am a Migliozzi, if I am a Hoygaard right now, either of the Hoygaard brothers, if I'm any player European under the age of thirty. I'm I've watched that and gone, okay, yeah. Let's go have some fun over the next year and a half, and really see what I can do and see if I can push myself into that team because I and I hope it does. I hope it, I genuinely hope there's like a bunch of twenty to twenty eight year olds like who can play in Europe right now going get me on that team. Yeah, I think that's probably the, to be honest. I think that's that's probably the positive to take out of it. I think it will be a changing of the guard situation, and I think. Um, it's it, it'll it'll now throw down the gauntlet to a whole generation of players who are beginning to come through. Whether it be exactly Migliozzi or I mean he's not exactly coming through, but he hasn't obviously had a Ryder Cup. I don't think unless I've, my mind's completely gone. But like to, Thomas Detry or um, Rasmus, for example, I think it's now what's going to be really really interesting for the next couple of years is seeing how those guys begin to come through because I think that's probably where the focus probably needs to be from a European team I think it's probably regrettably time to park a few players and say you've done, you've, you've been amazing um, but it's probably now time for sort of VC roles rather than playing roles yeah. um, and, and if I'm honest Tim I, I don't think it'll be the next I don't think it'll be Rome and then I'd, like, I don't think it'll be Rome that we have this influx of six worldy young players like i just think that's too, i genuinely think it's too soon then we go to america i think it'll be the one after that which is ireland i think so you, uh, so you think so you think europe are going to play the the long four-year game on this one I don't, I don't think that's long jim i think i think that's i think if you just look at pure there's not enough young players in that top 200 right now unless like with Actually, look, the three players that came through of that year with Morikawa was Morikawa, Wolf, and, and Hovland. Morikawa and Hovland were both there on opposite teams. Wolfie, Wolf wasn't. Like, even if you get three players every year, like there's two of them get good enough to be into that 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 Ryder Cup team. I think Rome. We haven't. We'll have. We'll see some new blood, but it won't be. It won't be like the finished article. I think two years after that is in it will be in America, and I think we'll be a good. I think we'll be back better, being stronger. But I think it'll be the one after in Ireland that we then really compete. Is my prediction interesting? Interesting. Just from a pure time, like a pure time perspective of how where does the next group of players come in? Because that that US team, as you said, isn't going anywhere. No, absolutely not. Um, all right, final final few questions because okay. we're in a we're in a. We're in a low place this this week, <laughs> as you as you might have been able to to tell. Um, right now, yeah, you, I can, I can, I can try, I can teleport you into two situations. Don't worry, this this isn't overly complicated. I promise. Okay, you can get teleported into the. Uh, and I also know that they party together before anyone, you know, any smart ass comes and comments. But like, I'm going to teleport you into the US team celebrations. Yeah. Who's the first person you want to have a beer with? <laughs> Good question. 
who's the first person I want to have a beer with? I think Xander's quickly become one of my favourites. Maybe JT, actually. JT, I've always thought, would be a good laugh. I'll go with JT. Yeah, I was actually going to say that because I actually think, judging by the pictures I've seen, I think Xander could just be too much. Yeah. I'm not sure I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really hard. It's gone really, really hard. I confidently predict that of all the players that have woken up this morning, he feels the worst. Yeah. No, no shadow of doubt in my mind. Um, I agree with you. I'd probably be going for a beer with uh, with JT. Um, flip that round. Commiserations on the European side. Who are you kind of having a a reflective? A reflective whiskey with in front of the fly uh, in front of the fire, kind of being like, "Come on, mate." I would go with one of the two rookies, either Larry or Hovland, and I think, um, not from a like both of them played well, both of them got points, so uh, it would just be a that sucks, but you are our future. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's let's pick this up and go I, i'd probably talk to hovland about the uh the u.s nat, like college system and be like so how do we how do we do this like, <laughs> yeah. do we get more people doing this yeah i'm gonna say hovland yeah i i, I would agree, I, I i do agree with you but it doesn't make good great podcast <laughs> um i would probably be having a com yeah a conciliatory drink with maybe someone like Matt Fitzpatrick. I, I figure he's like, I don't know, for whatever reason, he just strikes me as like the quiet, the quiet man of the group. I, I agree with that. Um, that, I don't know, just be like, it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. You're okay. Well, Tim's, Tim's booting you off the team in two years, but you're okay. I mean, technically, he didn't register a point this yeah. weekend as well. You know, don't worry. You're young. <coughs> Lots of time ahead of you. Um, but yeah, difficult, difficult one. Difficult one for them. Difficult one for us this I've, week. So um, I've got I've got two more things that I can throw in the mix. Sure. Are we, sure. Are you right for, are we good for time? Like, can we just keep yeah, rolling? Yeah, go, go. So, um, number one. I know this comes back to an idea that Fowlis had months and months and months ago, so he's going to be pleased if he listens back to this. Should we just get rid of gimmies? Because it would avoid the bullshit of people lying down their golf clubs being like, that's within gimme range. <laughs> and when I say people, I mean the American team. Um, so, and again, I'm like, we're nine, three down. I'm going to make you putt everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just going to make you putt from anywhere, like anything. So do you just get rid of gimmies? And just be like, well, let's just be done with this. Just. Uh, I mean. From a devilish point of view, no, because I'm really enjoying the drama. Yeah. <laughs> like like um, when Bryson lies down his putter, which is already like three times longer than anybody else's. And been like, exactly. give me range. I'm like, I'm off. Yeah, funny. So, uh, <laughs> no, drama-wise, keep them in. Okay, fine. Second thing, Brooks threatening a referee. Yeah, Brooks needs to... Uh, I'm, I deliberately didn't bring him up this week because it's still raw for me. I'm just... Uh, for me, that is not acceptable on any level. 
for, for, if you're listening to this thinking, what is Chris talking about? Basically, the ball was in a like a tuft of grass, like a big, like it was like a bush, basically. The shot was going to be exceptionally difficult. Obviously, he was doing whatever he could do to get relief from that so that he could play a shot on, you know, a much easier shot onto the green. One referee said, no, whatever, whatever object he thought was in his way, he was like, I don't think that's going to be in your way. Brooks got a little bit cross, asked for there to be another opinion. So the second referee comes in and goes, almost, almost laughed, like looked at it and went, well, absolutely not. That's not, that's not going to be an issue. To which Brooks responded with something like, have you ever played golf? Which I thought was ridiculously rude in itself. Yeah. Um, if two referees have told you you're not going to get your way, shut the fuck up. If, yeah. if one referee Referee's has told you, well. I'm like, shut up. Like, you're like, this is ridiculous. Like, just get on with it. And basically he was saying, I don't want to break my wrist. He actually told the referees, he said something like, if I damage my wrist after this, it's on, it's fucking on you too. Or something like that. Right. He swore at them and said, this is on you too, or you're paying for it or whatever it was. And I was like, Hey, that's a threat to a referee. You're trying to get a decision yeah. your way. Not acceptable at any level. And do I think should be fine for that? Yes, definitely. Um, because that, that can't start happening in golf by any stretch of the imagination. If, if he really didn't want to hit the shot, he could have taken a drop. Yep. Like, that's what it comes down to. Turns out, in the end, he hit the shot, missed the thing that he thought he was going to hit, and actually put the ball in a, on the green and played a, an annoyingly nice shot after, yeah, after yeah. confrontation. For me, that was totally, totally unacceptable for behaviour and just rude and needs to be... Cut, like the the PGA or whoever need to come around and be like that's not acceptable. Here's a fine or whatever because that is just I, I if two ref- I, it made me so it made me really angry. I was like that's not okay. Like I wouldn't want anyone watching that being like that's that's okay. How you talk to anybody? It's not. Yeah. No, I totally agree. No. Totally, totally agree. That was the only other. Um, it was interesting actually because <laughs> you you would say, and this doesn't normally happen that Bryson actually came out of the weekend. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, Bryson came out really well. Yeah, came out really, really well, and Brooks came out a bit, looking a bit of a clown. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't disagree. So interesting one on that front. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. And and by the way, have you have you ever heard of High Noon before the drink? Uh, I have now. Yeah, right. Like, so I, I literally, I literally about it must have been Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I was listening to a podcast, and it was a business podcast. And they were talking about high noon, the the business, and and then all of a sudden on Sunday, is it Sunday? It might even have been Saturday. JT and was it, it might have been Sander necking. It, the caption was beers, and then when you zoom in, just the high noon logo in like big font on the cans. High noon is um, in American speak hard seltzer, which basically means vodka in sparkling water. Yeah. Is, is basically what it means. And it's grown huge over in the States. But I was just like, this is a market... Like, they couldn't have wished for better, <laughs> better marketing over the weekend of the US players necking can after can of High Noon, which, again, is a brand I hadn't heard of until this week. And now I'm like, okay, is, is, is this in the UK? What is this a brand? Like, amazing for them. Yeah. Great. Yeah, good, good. Just gorilla. Yeah, gorilla. Yeah. Could you go onto well, the first tee and neck this can? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Sure. All right. No problem. 
<laughs> product placement at its finest. <laughs> well, there we go. I, I, I mean, I think that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, a, a light-hearted mood to end, end this week on. It's been a tough one. It's been a tough... Uh, been a tough 24 hours well let's let's be honest it's been it's been a tough 72 hours for I mean, anyone following let's be honest i still thoroughly friday and saturday i was oh, i thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it like i just i get amped up i was watching it you're watching every shot you're cheering um i got told off on uh i think it was on friday i can't remember what it was i cheered at a putt and my kidney pin is in the room next to me and i got the message from my wife being like Please, please do not shout please and scream while the kid is napping. <laughs> so I was like, I can't help yeah, it. Absolutely, I, I can't help it. It's just, it's too much. Uh, so no, as as always, like thoroughly enjoyable. Like it just would have been much more enjoyable had we been closer for one. Yeah. Well, look, we'll draw a line under it there for the next couple of years, anyway. Yeah. Um, now next week uh, we'll be back to a we'll be back to a three ball. Ben will be back. We've deliberately not talked about what he's been off and away doing because we're going to leave him to review that. Yep. Um, or all, all we're going to say is he's been playing some lovely, lovely, lovely golf courses. Yep. Um, so he'll no doubt come back uh, next week and give us a download on that. In the meantime, Chris, anything more before we head off for this week? Yeah, I'm also away this week. Uh, I'm off on a golfing trip. I'm, I'm off on a... I thought we were going to get through yeah. without bragging about this. <laughs> So next week when we come back, not only will Ben have some stories, we've got the Sunday Red Tour off to La Manga, leaving on Thursday, coming back on Monday. Three rounds of golf. Looks The weather looks glorious. I've seen the, There's a WhatsApp group with everybody who's going, and there's like various people getting lessons and putting in the practice. Uh, all I've done today is order three polos, two pairs of shorts, and a pair of shoes. So I'm, I'm fully on board of... I'm going to probably play shit, but at least I'll look half decent doing it. So um, that's going to be my approach for, for the weekend. Not even... Look good, play good. Yeah. <laughs> look good, play good. Uh, but no, super, super excited. Like 14, 14 of us heading out um, from all over the UK. So yeah, super excited. Looking Really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be, going to be a great week. So looking forward to that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's everything. Oh, by the way, we're also this week testing camera. You won't see this. You won't until next week. But we are testing cameras, lighting, microphones, um, to try and up our game for uh, for a slice of golf. So I'm hoping from next week you'll see uh, us on YouTube as well. With back or back on YouTube, I should say but with a, a bit of an upgraded experience. So, um, yeah, look out for that as well, especially if you're a YouTube kind of person. Definitely, definitely. Well, we'll leave it there for this week. Chris, thanks so much for, for, for joining. Thanks to you guys out there for listening. And, uh, hey, roll on two years' time. And yeah. The next <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. It'll be better. I promise it'll be better. <laughs> awesome. Until next week, guys. See you soon. See you later. Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please do us a small favor and drop us a review. It massively helps us to grow the show, to do more and build it to be bigger and better. Uh, the show is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf Club, the golf club for all of us. The hackers to the scratch, the crap to the great. Loads of stuff on there, content, 
events and loads more. Uh, to find out more, head on over to sundayredgolf.co.uk right now. Uh, we're also brought to you by Torchamp. Now, if you fancy creating your very own FedEx Cup or Race to Dubai, settle for good and all who is the best golfer among your crew. Head on over to torchamp.co and you can create your league for free right now.